isn't true. And welcome to another episode of Real Talk. I think we have a very interesting uh, show tonight for everyone. I think so too. I think so too. Realize my microphone was muted. Now, I think that this uh, film that we're going to dive into tonight is probably, in my opinion, the one with one of the hardest narratives to follow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those movies. If you get up for a moment without pausing it, you're going to miss something. You're lost. You're going to be lost real quick. So the movie we're talking about is Lost Highway. So before we dive in, please go to our social media pages, which is Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube. Soon, we're going to have a TikTok up and running. Yeah. But all those, just type in the other people's show. Remember, tops. Tops. And uh, you should find many, many videos uh, of Real Talk, the other people's show, sketches, one-minute sketches, short films, past series. And currently, there is uh, two short films out. Well, one short film, two versions. Right. right. In Dreams. So, uh, Casey, ha- his vocal stylings yes. are on there. Yes. So, Movie uh, premiere. Yeah. So, uh, please nice. check that out. And I got some word that uh, a film that I'm in is going to be... Uh, there's going to be some information about it coming uh, along very soon. Nice. Yeah, so, you were telling us about that yeah. the other day. So, uh, very cool. I'm actually going to have to go over here. You're excused for the moment, Adam. Yeah, sorry about that. I did just notice um, 38% on the Oh, well, that, yeah, no, that's definitely... uh, So, typically everything is 100% charged or already plugged in, but I don't think... I don't even know if people would know all the stuff we do. No, probably not. To make this that's show what, possible. No, again, that's why that's why we almost need we almost need another device over here just to record the outtakes. Yeah. Yeah. Or in the whole cuz it's Because really yeah. right before we do the show, we're sitting in here, there's usually some music playing through the headphones, but we're both working on our respective devices trying to get everything to sound and look as good as possible. Oh, right, right. So that's the challenge. Along with last minute munchies before yeah. we uh Tonight, Milky Way peeps. <laughs> peeps. So yeah, we're looking for sponsors. <laughs> sponsors Milky Way peeps or the munchies um, Gatorade. We drink a lot of Gatorade, Gatorade. on the show, yes. so Gatorade. If you would like to uh, <laughs> jump on board, yeah, jump do. on board with the show by all means. Yeah, so it's affiliate be, uh, marketing is accepted. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and we're good at it because we can. We discussed. We like a lot of things. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be honest with the consumer. So even if we don't like it. Well, we'll probably eat it. Well, but yeah, I mean, yeah, again. you have to, you have yeah. to. Um, but tonight's movie is a little bit of a uh, enigma. I a little say. bit. It's uh, it was a strange one. Yeah, but it ends up being pretty good because when it starts, like when I started watching it, I was like, "This is slow." Yeah, this is a little slow. Very slow. You know what I mean? Like minimal dialogue. Minimal movements, uh, really. Move, movements, music, anything. I mean, yeah. it's real. Just like. Just a drone sound almost yeah. constantly. Yeah. Like you can imagine an air conditioner or a fan you're, running the whole time. Exactly. You're 100% correct. So that, and that's all you hear, really, uh, the whole first part of the movie. And, and even the dialogue, crazy. except um, in the um, 
when they're at the party, the mystery man and um, what was Bill Pullman? Um, Fred. Uh, Fred. Except for the dialogue in the in the party, it's almost when there's him and his wife are speaking is almost um, in a whisper, almost. Oh yeah, like a talk, but very quiet. Yeah. Know? Well, and you can tell a lot of that first part of the movie is meant to be. Uh, just felt like without words because mm-hmm. i remember when i started watching i was like man the dialogue in this movie is dry as hell man. yeah i was like it's gotta get i mean because this is this has got to be better than this the writing's got to be better this is very like well when you went in did, did you realize the um the running time to begin with uh no i didn't neither did i no i did not and it's uh heads up it's it's a decent length movie, yeah you know and we both agreed that some trims could have been made easily in my opinion and in your opinion, but uh, yeah, we'll get into that. So lost highway, David Lynch, 1997, 97. And it definitely looks dated. It does. It actually, like I started wondering if it was supposed to be like, I know it came out in 97, but it looks very much set in like late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. But Uh, I wasn't sure what exact decade. And several scenes, like you mentioned, do look, Heavily dated, yeah. Big you know, time. even without the technology that, mm-hmm. but some of just the way things are shot, just it, it, it was really mm-hmm. dated. So this is hard to summarize, but uh, let's see what you think about this. <laughs> An anonymous videotape leads to murder, while a gangster's girlfriend leads to a mecha- leads a mechanic astray. I mean. I guess on the surface, uh, yeah, but that in no way uh, prepares you for the movie. No, and like I had seen it before a long time ago. I remember I'd only seen it one time. I remembered nothing of the movie. I didn't remember what it, the plot was or any. So right. I just went in like blind, and I wasn't in the movie into the movie ten minutes before I had to pause it and rewind it because I was see like, what, "What's going on?" Like, I think I just missed something. Like, yeah, that quick. And I still wasn't sure for a while until there towards kind of the end and then our conversation right. uh, briefly prior to the show, uh, what was going on at the start of the movie because it opens with some kind of door kind of sliding open, yeah. you know what I mean? And he's hearing the thing and he walks over to the intercom and it's whatever, the, I can't remember the character's name now. Uh, Dick Lamont is Dick dead. Dick Lamont is dead. So here's some interesting facts. Um, well, before we get to the facts, we have Bill Pullman, Patricia Arquette, uh, in two roles, really. Yes. Two. Uh, Michael Massey and Robert Blake. Um, now, those not familiar with Michael Massey, do you know Ma- Michael Massey? Uh, I recognize the name, but I couldn't remember. Now, he was the, the character context. who uh, was the, met his most gruesome death in the oh. film, with oh, the table. With the table, sure. Oh, oh Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Andy. Now, Michael Massey actually is he's no longer with us. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. But if you've ever watched the Brandon Lee movie called The Crow, oh yeah. Michael Massey is Fun Boy ah. in The Crow. And ah. Michael Massey is the one who pulled the trigger to the gun that accidentally shot and killed Brandon Lee. Wow. Uh, no fault of his own, sure, really, because it was supposed to be dummy bullets. But Michael Massey went into a deep... Uh, depression and almost quit acting. He'd quit acting for two years after the Brandon I'm, Lee. I'm sure. And um, but he's he's in this as, huh. as Andy. So it's a little bit of information. Interesting tied in and when you take that into consideration with one of the other Robert Blake. Robert Blake's 
uh, background and stuff, yeah, which he, I did not know prior to watching this. In so long. yeah, so that uh, there's there's a lot of cool little facts for this movie. This is yeah. Robert Blake's last uh, movie, and Robert Blake was uh, tried uh, of killing his his wife Bonnie Lee Bagley. Now, if you don't know Robert Blake, he was in the Beretta a movie or a show in the what seventies, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's pretty old. And he'd been in some other TV shows and some movies that I had seen, but. I didn't really know him. He was right. kind of before I was really, you know, known stuff. And uh, Tim Roth as Mr. Orange makes uh, yeah. a reference to Beretta uh, in uh, right. Reservoir Dogs. Wow. So nice tie-in. Yeah, that's kind of a, a cool little throwback. Yeah, I tell you what, we have mentioned that movie numerous times yeah. on this show. We're going to have to point. die. We're going to have to at some point. Yeah. Because it actually... seems like Reservoir, like every other episode almost yeah. somehow... Reservoir Dogs or Tarantino it's somehow a connection. <laughs> so, so he, I, I, I think he was. Uh, I can't remember. I, I don't think he was. Uh, I think he was acquitted. I don't think he was found guilty. I don't. I oh, you might you might be right actually. But he never worked again in Hollywood. I can't imagine. Um, and he died actually. Uh, I think March sixth of last month. Uh, so he was maybe in his. I think he was eighty seven. I think. Wow. So yeah, he is in this. Uh, His character is creepy as hell in this. Yeah, man. Uh, in Mystery Man, he has no real real name, and I think it says no. Mystery Man in the credits. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. So you have uh, David Lynch, the director of Eraserhead, Blue Velvet, the Twin Peaks series, mm-hmm. and the Twin Peaks Walk with Me movie. Yeah, Fire Walk with Me, which is a prequel and a sequel. That movie might be harder more complex to follow than this one to be honest i would imagine yeah have you yeah. watched it uh it's been a while on that and twin peaks both, yeah uh both good but strange strange twin, twin peaks is strange that and would, it would Drive. take us like a month <laughs> to even attempt to dissect that one yeah i don't even know where he began we'd have to bring on like we'd have to have a whole panel of people yeah. to even dissect it true true It'd take us forever by ourselves a panel of surgeons to dissect uh <laughs> twin, twin peaks. peaks yeah for sure so we have the budget is 15 million dollars wow. was the budget of this uh it only made 3.8 million dollars back <laughs> yeah so a low wow, low a low sum so it made that back in profit no, no. So it, it didn't it make money. Finished in the red, yeah. However, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at sixty-eight percent, and the audience rating is eighty-seven percent. Whoa! So crazy. much higher than I expected. Yeah, yeah. Because I started wondering if if this could be considered a cult classic, given other films that we've classified as cult classics, and. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think it has a big enough following. I don't either. I really don't. I think it's uh, even it's. I mean, it's obscure and it's stable. I mean, it's got it checks a lot of the boxes yeah. that it should be. Yeah. A cult, but I don't think I don't no, think so either because uh, no one. Several people have asked, "Hey, what movie?" Oh, I saw you doing Lost Highway. I've heard of it. Right. But I've never watched it. I've got right. that multiple times. No, no one that I've. Uh, talk to has watched it yeah no and if and again unless unless you were really interested like it's one of those ones that it's you have to want to watch it after or, or really 
you have to give it a minute. Yeah. Because otherwise, in the first, if you're looking for a movie to catch you in the first 10, 15 minutes, this one very well is not, it, it may not. No. You know, because I was like, again, even when it started, when it starts, it looks super low budget. Yeah. Even the opening sequence with the names flying at you, and the, I was like, the road, this yeah. is way, this is low budget. And then the way that it started and the, you know, music and the scenes were like, I was, well, I was thinking about the, uh, the budget, and I was like, Damn, this whole thing's taking place pretty much in this house, yeah. Except for the scenes of him at the club playing the saxophone, you know. Which is weird. The um, the house at the in which Fred and his wife live is David Lynch's actual house. Really? Yeah. It's David Lynch's actual house. Interesting. So that was a uh, uh, an interesting thing. Um, we talked about this or heard about it earlier. David Lynch said that he realized after a few years that the film was subconsciously inspired by the O.J. Simpson trial and the sensationalism through all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. Um, Bill Pullman as Fred, he's really playing the saxophone during the scenes when really? Fred plays the saxophone. Wow. Bill Pullman decided to take lessons and learn to play during that. Yeah, he's um, playing it for sure. Richard Pryor, his last yeah. role. See, I didn't know that either. And uh, I'd forgotten that he was even in it. Yeah, I'd forgotten. Well, I didn't know until when I was watching the opening credits. And it's full of, like, names you'll recognize. Yeah. But you may not see, you may not catch them in the movie. Yeah. Uh, You you mentioned uh, Giovanni. Yeah, Rabisi. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. And so, I, you know, I saw his name in the credits. He didn't even have dialogue. Did he have dialogue? Uh, If he did, it was just, like, one or two lines. Yeah, I didn't think it was much, if any. No, it's super. and, And again... I didn't even catch it that it was him. Stacy realizes. I didn't catch she it. She pointed him out. She was like, Giovanni Ribisi. I was like, what? I was like, oh, it is. You know, I was like, and it was super minimal role. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. wow. And then you've got, uh, you know, Richard Pryor, and then Robert Blake, mm-hmm. his, his final his role, role as well. And this the tie was... into the, with the plot of this movie yeah. and Blake's tie into it and even his role, what it represents uh is is super interesting you know and i almost wish uh i would have known that going in because i probably would have maybe looked at it a different read perspective. a little deeper into it you know but it, you know when it's where it's david lynch and i was watching it and we had half discussed this too there's full it's full of things uh like symbolism yeah uh, you know and even things that you might not think i'm like this this has got to mean something and then you keep waiting for it. And some things I may not have ended up tying together. It doesn't mean they're not there. Right. I mean, this is one of those ones, if you really wanted to pick it apart, uh, you could probably have a pretty good time or drive yourself crazy, one of the two, trying to, you know, pick out all the symbolism. I mean, because I was like, because it's, hey, it's David Lynch. You know, right. Right down to, we had half mentioned it, all the close-ups of Patricia Arquette's lips when she's yep. talking. When, and they're all phone calls. Yeah. She's right up on the phone and it's talking like this. You know, and it's like, and you're like, whoa, you know what? Well, see, I thought that also uh, the lips and the there weren't many things red in the movie, if you noticed. The one wall. The one wall, the the, the headboard of the bed. Her lips in the first close-up. Yeah. Uh, when she's Renee. Yeah. And uh, so I know, and then the blood on uh, Pete's mouth. Yeah, but it's like deep red. Bl- it's the same. Yeah. All the reds are exactly, I think, the same. Don't I you hadn't think? noticed, but I definitely see where they could be because I had, I had picked up on that with the movie, especially in the first half. Yeah, because the two halves of the movie are they're very, they're distinctly different. Yeah, 
in tone and everything. Yeah, 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 completely. It's almost like you said two different movies. Yeah, and it, we mentioned this on the ride over. It put me in mind a lot of uh, Jacob's Ladder mm-hmm. at moments, which was the same kind of thing. It was almost became like these two separate movies uh, that tied themselves back together. Yeah, and actually, it's very similar. Now that I think about what the movie represents, like we were discussing on the way over, uh, it, it's almost. It's very similar to Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. Where it's all, it's playing out, but it's really the, like his mental, somebody, yeah. you know, projection of, of whatever. And yeah, no, super crazy. It's good. good. Yeah. It, it turned out to be really good. It keeps you guessing. Yeah. And this is the If you can make it through the first half, you'll it'll capture your interest yeah. in the second half. Yeah, I think so too. And the first half is about... It's about 44 minutes long. Yeah, I mean, it's a good stretch. Of yeah. Just like, you're trying to figure stuff out, and it's full, it's it's eerie, creepy in a way, because again, there's eerie, not a lot of dialogue. Creepy. It's slow-paced. And you can feel the tension yeah. when you're watching it. And the, even the scenes are real, like, bleak. Like, there's not st- a lot of stuff hanging on the wall. No, it's bare. Solid colors, real bare. You know, minimalistic, like, big time. Even outside, like, there was just those... Uh, no, no, like inviting things. It was just like yeah. plain, plain white house. Yeah, super, you know? just like generic, kind of in a way. Very, yeah, you know? again, low budget uh, when it started, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's it's got some interesting stuff. And then once once there's the scene, you know, well, we hadn't half set up, you know, the movie. So like, kind of what's happening in the movie. Right. We'll go ahead and jump right into the plot and the structure. Yeah. So basically, what's happening is. Bill Pullman's character in the movie opens with him, I guess, hearing some sounds and stuff. He goes and listens to at the uh, intercom for basically his front door and hears that Dick, uh, Dick Lamont's dead. Dick Lamont is Which, dead. Which, before we jump in, what inspired that was David Lynch said he got a ring on his intercom telling him Dick Lamont is dead. Whoa. That's why that's in the movie. Whoa, weird. When I read that, it's I was a like, big wow. tie-in. Yeah, wow. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder, like, is there, who, who the hell is like, Dick yeah, Lamont? Like, yeah, and what are the, what, mm. you know, and that's what he said. Who, like, who is this and why is he yeah. dead? Why, why, you know. Yeah, weird. So that was and kind so, of a weird inspiration for what kind of started this. Yeah, see, this movie's full of that kind of stuff. And again, it, as we get through this plot, the Robert Blake thing is going to sound even crazier yeah. that he's even in the movie, yeah. in the role that he's in. And so, uh, Fred, uh, Bill Pullman's character, Fred, uh, here's this thing. He starts looking, he's looking out the window. He doesn't see anybody. He goes outside, finds um, a little envelope or, uh, you know, a brown, you know, envelope with a VHS tape in it. Because yep. we're old school. Like, this is VHS tapes. A big tape. A big, yeah, like old school VHS. You can still find them at Goodwill. I'm yeah. pretty sure. It's, you can. <laughs> on eBay, maybe, like get them all for five dollars but and so they go in uh him and patricia arquette and they watch it and it's a video of the front of their house and that's it and then it goes back to to static static. uh movie goes on you still pick up on this tension and this tension that evolved it exists with bill pullman and the wife you can tell uh he um he's got in his head that the wife uh is cheating on him is having an affair right with michael massey's character is kind of what I pick up on. Yeah. Um, At the party. Yes, you know, and then you get the feeling in the first of several sex scenes in the movie 
um, that he's not able to satisfy her. She looks disinterested. Right. Uh, you know, and the way the scene ends and just like his exasperation, you start to wonder, uh, did he climax or not even? Because then she's, she pats him on the back and it's like, it's, it's okay. okay. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. And it's like, oh, geez, you know, like, not sure what just happened there. But, and Because you see the display, you don't even... That scene even, plays out really. Yeah, is it crazy. like you? You see their faces, but neither face looks interested. No, yeah, like. But it's not a. It's not. It's even like, just, not even present with one another. No, almost. and it's weird because, it, but the, the music. Yeah, but the music, would suggest a lovemaking scene. Like yeah, you can almost pick up that vibe, but the visuals of it, other than just your basic human, you know, forms, right, having sex, it's not. Yeah, there's you don't there's no passion there. No. It's very kind of disconnected. Yeah. Um and so that happens and he rolls over, kind of falls asleep or whatever, and he wakes up to go tell Patricia Arquette he has this dream. And that's when we get our first glimpse of, of the mystery, mystery man. man. Yeah. Um and then he wakes up, goes out. No, 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 she gets the second tape, I think. Yes, yeah, she and does. She, she goes out, same kind of thing, gets the mail and another videotape. They watch it, and this time it's the front of the house, same as the first one, static. Then it cuts to inside their house, goes through to them in in their bed asleep. Yep. And that's when they call the police. Correct. That didn't come into it. Um, and then it kind of cuts to the party scene right. at Andy's place. Well, see, I thought a key scene when the cops show up, he says a... a, a they ask, you know, mm, do yeah. you like videotapes? Yeah, I see where you're going with it. And then he's like, uh, no. He says something to the effect, um, I like to remember the I like to remember the things the the way I like to remember them, not yes. the way they necessarily happened. happened. Yes. Something along those lines. Yeah, and that does, you're right. That becomes that's a key yeah. line yeah. uh in the movie. And that was also a phrase at the time uh that David Lynch really felt about videotapes uh that's I can, why i, I can kind of see that so because when this around this so what time did when did uh sexualized and videotape come out that was uh that was 19 made nine made 90 came out in 91 all right so way earlier than this. yeah which but. i actually thought about that earlier today that might be one to dive into later down yeah, the road old james spader yeah that's an old one yeah but yeah because this is the era of videotapes and the you know, vhs cameras when they that stuff was all coming into the, the home it was like normal yeah well kind of normal i guess but uh they were so hard to edit on i had one <laughs> and i oh i saved up to, to purchase that video yeah that camcorder and it was the, it was about this big rca yeah and uh it had some functions that i wanted because i tested it out because you could test it at walmart or it, there was a display yeah know, with that little uh piece on it where you couldn't run off with it that little sure. plastic piece yeah so i would test it out and you could do like credits and everything that thing was it was cool yeah I mean, for the time so difficult to edit no like yeah. to try to get the uh the, the letters like centered each time i would make something it would be like all centered a little bit <laughs> no doubt and it was right. like it only had like you know you could change the font to like red or color to like red black uh white yeah ba maybe like basic yeah just five i think five basic colors yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but it was fun yeah, it yeah, was, it was it fun. Though. It was crazy, and that's the way this video looks that you see. They're watching it's grainy, grainy, yeah. black and white looking. Um, and I watched it on DVD. Oh wow! Did you? I guess you watch on 10, 1080? Uh, yeah, whatever. It or maybe even seven twenty, whatever you can find it on. Room, yeah. 
So, yeah, some of the grainy scenes were really grainy. Yeah, but, I mean, it still hasn't. I hadn't thought about it until now, but in that first run of the movie, a lot of those, well, it seems like they're all black and white. Like, the front of the house is black and yeah. white. I want to say that the second video in the bedroom is black and white. I think it is, too. But the third one is very much in color. Yeah. It's, it's the only one it seems like it's in color, but... Those black and white videos in the beginning stand in contrast almost to the... I mean, because there's bold colors. I mean, it's real bland, stark, yeah. uh, you know, visually. But the colors are... They're solid colors. You right. Know what I mean? um, but, yeah, that third one I hadn't thought about till now was the only one there that was in color. Yeah. And so on the third one... So, you know, they've gotten the two videos now. We've seen it. They go to this party, and that's where we really get introduced to the mystery man. Is at this party at Michael Massey's place, Andy's place, and I'm not going to necessarily just you know spoiler how all that goes out down, but uh, they go home, they're weirded out. Bill Pullman's character is weirded out because could be somebody in the house, and there's this scene where he goes into the uh, just into these shadows, and he just kind of disappears into the shadows. Yeah. You know, I remember that. Like, Whoa, and it's all dark. Interesting. Hello? Hello? <laughs> we seem to have gotten our first caller. It could have been. Strange. I, I don't know how they it got was, It was the mystery man. Oh, yeah, see, which is weird. So maybe, okay, calling back. See, the mystery man in this scene has Bill Pullman call him, the mystery man. The mystery man's in Bill Pullman's house. Right. And Mystery Man hands Bill Pullman's phone to call him in his house. And it's all very strange. This is why they're creeped out and they go back looking for it. Bill Pullman goes into the shadows. And it's one, of, it's one of the cooler scenes of the movie, especially the first half, where Bill Pullman's in the shadows. And then you see this scene where he's like, he's like in front of the mirror, you know? And you're like, oh, something's going down here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something's going down. And then it's the really cool shot of the two shadows going across the wall oh yeah yeah you know because prior to that patricia arquette's character is like looking for him and uh and then you see these two shadows and this and that and then it cuts to the morning you know like the next day yeah. and he finds that third tape which shows you that he has apparently uh murdered his wife and the the very vibrant color in that scene is red a red bright red yeah, no, same again, red all those all three of the Weird phone's still ringing. I we're, uh, we're popular, but we're not taking calls. Tonight. Yes, we are not. This is not live on the radio right now. This is just you guys on Facebook. And this lollipop brought to you by Dumb Dumb Dumb's Cream Soda. And uh, this cherry coke brought to you by uh, this miniature cherry, cherry coke. coke. Yes, <laughs> but uh, and so yeah, and so at that point, everything shifts. Like the whole movie shifts completely at that point because then it rapidly moves to he, this video, he's watching this VHS tape of him in bed with his murdered wife. Right. He's watching, he has no recollection. No of memory. And of the it. next thing you know, he's coming down the steps. He's been put on trial. He's in on death row. Yeah. Waiting to be executed. Yeah. So it's pretty much just jump cuts to these. You hear some voiceover. Yeah. You know, of the jury, he's guilty. And then he's in, he's in jail. He's Starts in jail. He's he's bad in headaches. Yep. Uh, does he, nosebleeds? Is he having, or just headaches? It seems like it was just headaches, okay. but probably just headaches. Nosebleeds play in later in the later in the movie for sure. Okay, mm -hmm. I couldn't remember if um if yeah. he had them there. 
But uh, so at that point, you're about 44, 45 minutes in. Mm -hmm. And you're not expecting anything that would happen next at all. I didn't. I most certainly did not. And uh, it's cool because when he's in jail, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie because it has a a cameo of of Henry, uh, Henry Rollins. Which is is kind of cool, you know. And you got Henry Rollins, you know. You're thinking Black Flag and stuff. Yeah. And here he is playing a a death row prison guard. <laughs> well, here's the interesting All clean uh, cut, like, well, you know. Here's the interesting you know, Henry thing about Rollins, Henry, yeah. Henry Rollins. Now, I don't know. I'm sure now it's not like this, but I know for at least the first ten years of his acting career, he said if his schedule allowed it, he would take every single role that he was offered. Wow. He's now, trying for, to get. Yeah. I forgot his exact reasoning, but it was of sound reason, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think he was like, if these opportunities are coming to them, I'm going to take on every single one of them. Yeah, you know. I mean, he's um, been a good handful of movies. I can't. No, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I can see like his character, but I can't. Can't. I can't think of one. Um, he is a. Uh, like a dispatch uh, police officer or something like that in a Charlie Sheen, um, Christy Swanson movie called The Chase. Oh, I remember The Chase. He is... Uh, he's in another series that I've seen. Um, I've not seen it, but I've seen when I've scrolled through on Netflix. Yeah. And it shows like his back with like maybe red wings on it. Yeah. Um. I've seen him in a few things. Obviously, we we saw him in this. Yeah, uh, but um, I'm going blank as well, to be honest. Well, apparently, he's in Johnny Mnemonic, Lost Highway, Beast, uh, Swan Boy, Masters of the Universe. Uh, yeah, see, I don't even recognize some of these movies. <laughs> I guess that's why it takes everything. Yeah, right. Z Nation. I I actually think I remember seeing him in that one. Okay. I didn't watch the whole series. I just watched a little bit of it. Right. I didn't like zombie. I don't know for whatever reason watching zombies. Right. So he has been in quite a quite a few things. Yeah, most of them just supporting roles. I think he's actually in Demolition Man. Oh, maybe with uh, Sandra Bullock, Rob Schneider's in that. Stallone, obviously. Oh, okay. Um, Dad, you've got. Wesley Snipes in it. You've got also uh <laughs> you've got uh what's the comic? Uh he's the fast talking comic. He he's he, he had a like a run in the nineties. And he was on the uh Rescue Me show, Dennis Leary. Oh Dennis Leary. Yeah, because he had that yeah. little run. Yeah, I liked him for a little bit and he got a little I don't know, I remember he had that song, I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's good as a villain in a movie called. Um, I've, I've got the movie on DVD, but it's a movie. It's got like Stephen Dorff in it. It's got um, Stephen Dorff's pretty good. I kind of forgot about him. It's got him. It's got. Um, I'm trying to think. Dennis Lear is the bad guy. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in it, oh, and uh, it's a movie where these guys uh, they're going to a boxing match. This is like in the early '90s. Yeah. They they pull they're in like a RV and they pull off on this bad side of town because they're trying to beat the traffic to get to the boxing match. Yeah, and then they break down and then they kind of witness uh, you know Dennis Lear's gang shoot someone and they're ah. trying to you know it's called uh, Judgment Night. Judgment Night. Yeah, 
I want to say he was in, wasn't he in one where they like, like robbing a house or something? I want to say. He's, the, he's in one where he kidnaps. Uh, or maybe it's kidnapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a mar- family. Or, yeah, it's it's Kevin Spacey's the guy, is the, the husband of uh, who he kidnaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's called The Ref. The Ref. On the, on, the front of the, on the front of the main yep. case, it was Dennis Leary and then Kevin Spacey and the lady, they were tied to her chair. Wow. Or at least Kevin yeah. Spacey was. Yes, 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 yes. But I've never seen it, though. I just remember really? reading about See, I remember, it. I, I remember watching it, but I don't. I See, I'm, I'm able to retain, I guess, a lot of. It's like, incredible. I, I read a lot I of feel a contest coming up, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of the contest, really quick. We might need another round. Did anybody get the last one? They did get the last one. They did it in, let me see here. They sent me a picture. Okay. To recap, the last contest, which was actually the first contest, was uh, the Kevin Bacon game basically with Adam. So we were connecting Adam to Kevin Bacon in the least number of steps possible. Uh, We gave out the first step of uh, Andy Dick. So uh, Adam to Andy Dick, and then from that point, Kevin Bacon. So, so we have to. We we pretty much have to judge. You and I have to judge if this counts. Okay. So they said they wanted us to connect me to Kevin Bacon. Sure. They did it a very u- unique way. They sent me a picture of Guitar One magazine stars and guitars, and on the cover is Andy Dick and Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, <laughs> so I think I'm gonna have to give it to them. I you almost have to because I mean, when <laughs> would that ever happen like that again? Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> because Andy Dick is, is really not, a random celebrity. No, that's I'm surprised. I did not expect that. It's from uh, Guitar One magazine, December 2002. Stars and guitars. Wow. So yeah, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna cash up them the five dollars. Yeah. Okay. That's. I th- I well th- done on that. That's worth the five yeah. bucks. Not exactly what I yeah, had. Yeah, I was going to say if we do a Kevin Bacon with my parameters on it, but that one was. But okay, unique. okay, that no, that's good. I have to give it to you on that. I did not. What in the hell are the chances? None of Andy Dick and Kevin. I mean, <laughs> on a cover of Guitar World, <laughs> like of all things. I mean, <laughs> it's the most random thing. So, this is the other people's show, yeah. for sure, because yeah. that is some randomness. So sure. yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get the the prize. That's great. <laughs> and what's fantastic is we haven't even got to the second half of the movie yet, guys. Yeah, we've not even got to the second qu- the second uh, point. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're, we're, 30, we're like thirty four minutes into well, the show. Well, that's why I noticed the time. I was like, do we haven't even got to the second half of the movie yet? So, what about the characters? Um, they're all look, they're they're pretty good. Again, in the, the beginning, dry as hell. Yeah. Well, you know, they're all pretty good. I like that the second. I like the second half of the movie better than the first half, though. I don't know if it would have been as good without the first half right. because it wouldn't have had the what the is going on. Yeah, and it would have that without a contrast. Yeah. Oh yeah, drastic because like. Everything about the movie just changes. It changes. The vibe changes. The dialogue the changes. The colors. The colors. There's more music. More There's setting. More, you're more, yeah, just a lot more and more activity. You know, more activity going on. Yeah, a lot more locations. Uh, very, very different. 
because the first one, ba the first part of the movie basically just takes part place in the in the, in the house, and then that party, doesn't it? That's it. And that, I that's mean, that's much. it. Yeah. Now, early on, you do see a um, it, it's it's in I think within like the first fifteen minutes, a flash of a cabin burning quickly. Do you remember yes. seeing that? Yes. It's brief, but and yep. and you wonder at the moment, that doesn't make any sense. Right, it makes no sense. And it doesn't 100% make sense now, but we kind of understand it a little bit more. And, and they will too as they watch it. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those movies like, I want to talk about it deeper without giving too much away. Yeah. Because if we tell you, you know, what we kind of determine, you know, what everything is representing, it might take away from the movie. Yeah, and it might hinder the viewer from maybe they're getting something that we're not. But if we they hear... Well, here's what they think. We're kind right. of guiding. Yeah, them yeah, through. yeah. Too much suggestive. Yeah. Like, uh, we want you to get from A to Z on your own. Right. We'll give you little points. You know, we'll give you like F and G and maybe another letter. Yeah. But you find your own point, you know, yeah, your own and, way through. And it leaves itself open to a lot of interpretation. Like, I still had a lot of questions until that little 10 minute ride over here. Yeah do the show and we pieced a lot of stuff together yeah it made yeah. a lot it really came together really more quick, coherently right? oh yeah and then and then a lot of stuff made more sense and we've dropped some hints when you go do watch it as far as how the story's playing out with the with the jacob's ladder uh reference and, and there's a lot of similarities i found mm -hmm. not not just i mean in there's just a lot of similarities yeah. i mean they seem like similar we cut from the same cloth definitely Definitely of the so, same vein. I of would say. the same vein, and so that can kind of maybe help you uh, if you watch it. Kind of if you've seen Jacob's Ladder or you watch the Jacob's Ladder episode, yeah. Or if you want to rewatch the Jacob's Ladder episode, it's on YouTube and Spotify by all means. Yeah, and, you, and you can go in there rewatch it and go watch uh, rewatch uh, Jacob's Ladder. I rewatched it again uh, last week. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's and, a great uh, one, but that yeah. can kind of give you a clue to follow this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, because again, there were things I did not piece together. Because right up until the end of it, I was like, "What in the hell just happened?" Like I am still kind of confused. Like I was pretty sure. Yeah. Like because there are things I knew. Like like when the mystery man came into the, the picture, and that kind of played it out. And some it sets up the scenes like like Fred walking into the dark shadows and disappearing. You know, and it had that vibe of yeah. Uh, he's getting. He's like going dark in his head here, yeah you know what i mean because you can he's going tell. deep and nefarious right here yes because the first whole first half of the movie is setting up fred's um lack of just his inadequacies his insecurities yeah his uh, paranoia and fears of the wife uh cheating on him not being able to satisfy her and all of that i mean that whole first half just sets that up uh and he kills her yeah, he kills her. And I also think he, <laughs> you know, he, I mean? you know he, for the he, whole thing, he ends up killing her. You know, well, he also seems like you know he. She's like you know, do you mind if I don't go yes. to your to your you know the, the club with you? And he's, it seems like because he has an extended, I guess a solo. Yeah, um, and it goes on and on. Like he is sweating because I mean he's yeah. like a you know like you would imagine a rock star up there yeah. playing the guitar. Or the drummer. Yeah, just the like, drummer. Yeah. And that's what he's nuts. doing as the saxophone player. And uh I think he's trying to you know all that the only outlet he seems to have is 
up on stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he seems to be, I mean, popular. He's making a living that yeah. way. I'm yeah, yeah. And he has, you know, crowd, uh, you know, fans and stuff. Yeah, and a nice house and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never know what she does. No, other no. Than just be socialite. Mm-hmm. Basically, is kind of the feeling you get. Yeah, a dark-headed, um, a black-headed socialite. Yeah, dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what about? Did you say you any particular characters that stood out? Now, I will say, I thought. You know, I did think that I was going to play his uh, little theme music here. I thought that Mr. Eddie was, I think he was miscast. I think he was miscast. Yeah, it looked like a couple of people to me. At one point, I was like, that could have been De Niro. Yeah. And then it, and then, uh, it put me in mind, too, of, uh, I want to say, maybe it's James Caan. I had mentioned James Caan a yeah. couple weeks ago in that one movie. I talked to you about it was actually James Wood. Yeah. James Kahn, it kind of puts me in mind of him a little bit too. Uh, because I, I see, I thought Mr. Eddie for him, Mr. Eddie is kind of like this, I would, you would assume at first kind of like this mafia guy or mobster or gangster, gangster kind of guy. Kinda. But there was a few things and these are just petty little things. There's a few little things would you really be driving yourself around though when you get no, in the back yeah, seat? No. I thought that because he wouldn't pull into the garage. No, not really. I wouldn't think so. No, no, yeah, again, you know, and it was even those gangster parts weren't agreed, weren't very believable. No, from this particular actor. I mean, some of it worked, but I and uh, well, you had mentioned earlier, I think, in the either before the scene, before the show, or at the beginning of the show, how the, the car, car chase scene seemed dated or um almost you? unneeded like we had discussed that on the ride over unneed okay on, it was unneeded. one of those things that could have been trimmed down because it's like it didn't seem like it served any purpose other than to like try and make the viewer realize that this guy is supposed to be a badass yeah he's not a he's not a he's good a bad guy. guy yeah yeah he's rough he, he'll kill you or you know well the way the way the guy that the the actor i think his name is like robert Lagella or something like that, something yes. like that. No, he's mainly Logia. That's what it is. Logia. I think that's what it is. Okay, he's mainly, in my mind, known uh, as the boss in Big. That dances, oh, dances right. on the piano. Yes. With the keyboard piano with Tom Hanks. Yes. That's what I mainly know him from. I knew I recognized him from something, and that's probably that. That's well, probably he that. had he had auditioned for Dennis Hopper's part in Blue Velvet, mm. and he was. Uh, so angry um well he'd put so he'd put so much into it that david lynch didn't had didn't have the nerve or didn't have the heart to tell him you don't need to audition we've already cast the part after he'd waited uh, all day right but he said he would give him a part later on but he wanted to use that intensity that he was because he was upset because he'd waited all day to audition yeah for this part as mr eddie which he does unleash on this unexpected um I guess uh, the guy has motorists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, I mean, he's. I, I just didn't. I didn't care for the whole scene. No, well, I, I, I thought it was being set up for more than what it ended up being, which was nothing really. Just nothing to show. really. Just they yeah, could have went about that. You know, wrote a different, um, a different scene. Yeah, and at that point, I was still trying to figure out the movie, a little bit. So I expected, yeah, the person in that car coming up behind him, swerving to be like. The mystery man or something. Be more meaningful. Way more meaningful it's than just it was. A, uh, just a motorist that <laughs> Mr. Uh, Eddie 
beats the crap out of. Well, yeah. I counted it. He actually only hits him three times, and then oh, he kicks yeah. him once. Ah. Uh, because uh, I, I I do remember watching that scene before, thinking he beat that. S out of him. Yeah. But it wasn't as, as uh, violent as I thought it was. No, and like messes up the front of his car. And I want to say in the, the scene that follows that, when they're getting back to the garage to drop Pete off, the front of that Mercedes looks like undamaged. So that's probably a goof then. Yeah, it seems like it was goof because he's like, you know, rear ends that yeah. one car and stuff, and then they pull in and it looks like it's fine. Good, cu- good catch. Yeah, side. not not my catch. That was uh, that was my girl's catch. Okay, well, <laughs> so she caught that. She caught Giovanni Rabisi. Two good catches, right I there. I mean, yeah, good eyes. Man. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Because both of those. Now the Giovanni thing. After you mentioned it, I think back and I can remember, but I didn't. I didn't recognize yeah, it at the time. Yeah, in that scene, it's one of Pete's friends, one of the first ones that comes in. Yep. And so what's happened at this point in the movie, to bring you up to speed, Bill Pullman has gone to jail, death row, for uh, killing his wife. Yep. And they have video of him, footage, do- a video of him doing it. Yeah. He just he uh, doesn't not, remember anything. Well, not well. I'll tell you what. It's not video of him doing it. It's video of it after the fact. So he's in bed. She's dead. He's covered in blood. Right. But there's never the actual crime video, being committed. Uh, you know, that's being on. committed. Yeah. yeah. It's just the the after of it. And so one night he's having these headaches. Blue light over the cell, and then it cuts to the next morning. Guard goes, you know, doing his rounds, and he's like, "Oh, oh. Bill Pullman." is not in the cell anymore. Nope. He has been replaced with Pete's character. Who is about, what, 15 years younger, maybe? At least. I was going to say 20, but 15, so 20, 15 to 20, probably. Yeah, so, like, yeah, young, young well, I don't even think Pete is really, uh, is, is he even 20 years old in the movie? Probably I, not, no. He's probably pretty... 18, 19? Yeah, he's young, for sure. So, I mean, well, he still lives at home. Right. You know what I mean? So right. he's not... Uh, but he's out of school because you don't... There's nothing that shows him in school. Right. And not that that would mean anything, because maybe, but uh, yeah. So at that point, the movie shifts completely, and we pick up on Pete's character. And we kind of start following him. And Bill Pullman has just disappeared. Nope. From we the don't movie. See him again. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, for a while. You don't see him for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, and you're following Pete's story, and Pete's character, and is very different. And again, like I said, at this point, the characters are different, the vibes different, the pace of the movie is different, the music is different, the scenery, like everything is different. Yeah, and uh, you've got faster music, you've got bright lights, you've yes. got multiple scenes, big way, contrast, way more characters. Yes, true, yeah. way more characters, and just way more activity. And uh, of course, as you realize as the movie goes, or if you piece it together by the end. Uh, you, you see the reasons for this contrast right. and you realize what it is. But you also get reintroduced to Patricia Arquette in the second half of the movie, but she is Alice. She is no longer Renee, and she is a blonde. Completely different um, uh, character, you would think. Yeah. You're, you're led to believe for a while. Yeah. And maybe she is. It's it's up to you. But yeah, it is very, again, there's room for some interpretation. Yeah. Even This though, is just our take on it. Yeah, and so blonde and she is connected to mr eddie mr eddie uh and then all these other people and so she ends up uh i want to say seducing yeah uh for lack of a better way to put it pete's character yep and creates you know they start this fling behind mr eddie's back but he kind of you know mr eddie 
is tied to this garage where, you know, so there's some things there. And so it's all very risky behavior. And you realize that uh, Pete's character is young. He, again, stark contrast to uh, Fred's character. So kind he's of very almost, sexually uh, active. He's, you know, he's. What would you, I almost got him as like a James Deanish. Very James Deanish kind of. Well, you know? yeah, and it's even got that. Because even then, like, I wondered when I was watching, I was like, it felt like, like a time warp kind of thing. Like, we, I started wondering when I was watching it, I was like, is this supposed to be like a younger uh, Fred? Right. But I was like, the name's Pete. You know? Right. Especially some of the stuff, the same kind of names were popping up. Because Pete looked, looked like, more like he was from a different time. Yeah, like 50s. He had yeah. the leather jacket, Even almost his, like the greaser kind of look yeah. in a way. You know what I mean? Like the outsiders or something. Yeah. And like with like with uh, his his friends, kind of look like that too. Yeah, yeah, sure enough. So I was like, huh, it seems like we had gone back in time. And the second half of the movie too is where we get introduced to Gary Busey's character, who plays not a big role, but I tell you what, one of the best acting scenes I think in the movie when he's trying to tell it's further in the movie. I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit where he's trying to t- tell uh, Pete's character kind of what happened. Yeah, you, know, you, you show back up the house with this guy we'd never seen before. And the chick, and he just, you could see just this look of just like despair, kind of mixed with horror, sadness, kind of come over him. You never really do find out. No. What exactly happened? Exactly what happened. No. Gary Busey's a little bit underrated. I know a lot of people, you know, he's, I guess, uh, you know, done over the years, yeah. he's, he's done less serious things, but for a while, even in the late 80s and 90s, Gary Busey had a little run there. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, again, small role in this one, I mean, but the acting job was great. Yeah. He's got a small role in um, Fear and Loathing Las Vegas. Oh, uh, yeah. And then he's uh, Predator 2. Yeah, yeah. He's also uh, Point Break. Yeah, He's also Mr. Joshua and Lethal Weapon. Wow, yeah. So he's had, you know. Yeah, he's a good run before um, he got all, like, whatever. I yeah. Mean, well, before he ended up on the same kind of thing happening. It happens to so many people yeah. in Hollywood anyway. So, I mean, really, who are we to judge? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're judging them because yeah. we can sit back and see them on the TV to yeah. judge them. And if know? we were in that position, we would probably do the same thing. <laughs> probably, you know. Yeah, well, if you're, yeah, it's a good chance that if you're, do, if you're, if you're living middle class poor and you end up in the same place, if you were rich, yeah, yeah it's probably, you're probably going to be dead. <laughs> There's a good chance. Well, not necessarily, but. I mean, yeah, the money's not going to keep you from doing, yeah. you know, addictive behavior or something. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> so, Mr. Busey. Oh, Gary Busey did, back in the mid-2000s, had a uh, reality television show. Whoa. From one season on Comedy Central. Wow. Called I'm with Busey. I'm with Busey. Yep. Wow, he seems like he could have been on that one that VH1 had with uh, his reality show where they had all the, like, like the surreal life, yeah, the surreal life. Yeah, he, he, I think he was. I don't know if he was on that, but he was on something like he that as well. Totally have been in that. Yeah, and uh, Gary Busey. Yeah, crazy. If if I could somehow, you, Gary. If, if if Gary Busey <laughs> has a Twitter, I'll tweet him out. Yeah, I know. I like, the call, call the show May fifth, which yeah. is what we're shooting for. Gary Busey, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, we would love to talk to you. So, uh, but yeah, that was really my only. Um, big big things with the characters as i not that not that that guy did a bad job um as mr eddie but i think they could have just cast the the gangsters because at one point 
when when uh, Mr. Eddie waves the guy out the window. Yeah. Then his henchmen in the back seat both put on their seatbelts at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then Pete's like looking around, not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. And uh, and then he you know he proceeds to ram the guy and get out and beat the guy's you know beats his ass. But man, there's none. None of it seems like really stand out. You know, like yeah. I I, I again the one that stay, Gary Busey's that scene yeah. that was, is one of the best acting jobs in the movie. Now the rest of it is decent. But they're kind of, you know, even Patricia Arquette's kind of like a couple uh, times her 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 reactions right before he, um, I guess he's starting to uh, go into his little not a hallucination but his little mental mental break. Yeah, the, uh, near the like after the, uh, the who psych, was it psychogenic? Yeah, fugue. Yeah, or whatever it was called. Yes. Yeah. So when he and then when he he um looks at the picture and sees both of her mm-hmm. and he's like in you Andy's know Andy's house yeah which one are you and she points and she's like this one but her that's me uh, yeah that's me the blonde because there's a dark headed Renee yeah the, the blonde headed now some of her acting during those scenes were was a little uh I thought a little off yeah but I in in this um I never really knew Patricia Arquette was. Like fit like that though, no. Well, and you got to think this is this is a younger Patricia. Yeah. So the last thing I can remember seeing her in actually was a TV series called Medium. Oh, Medium. I forgot about Medium. No, but I want to say she was in one. It was like CSI Cyber. Something. She was. Yep. And I you're right. Say she was ahead of that. Too. Yeah, I've never and seen it, Medium. but and that was it. But yeah, so this was back in the '90s. But yeah, a lot of lot of uh, topless Patricia Arquette in this movie. And backside nudity also as she's yes. walking into the the cabin. Oh, yeah, lots of it. And she said, um, which that's all her. And she said, you know, um, she normally wouldn't do that kind of thing. Yeah. And there was, a, you know, at least amount of people that could be on set that needed to be. Yeah. You know, and I don't think there were more than you know a handful of people on set, which I couldn't blame her. But uh, I think you mentioned earlier, I, she, I think she did get a little bump. I would imagine that's because I was thinking. Know. Yeah, I was thinking when I was watching. I was like, she had, she probably got paid. Well, Hall- Halle Berry, she did a topless scene in Sh- Swordfish, uh, a John Travolta, Hugh Jackman yeah. movie called Swordfish. Yeah, and she got an extra five hundred thousand dollars. Wow, for that scene. Well, she did a topless scene in Monsters Ball too. True, with Billy Bob with Billy Bob probably got paid pretty decent for that too. Yep. I forgot about this yep. where she's coming up out of the ocean. I remember that. Well, no, in uh, or, that, uh, that's in James Bond when she's oh coming James out of the Bond, ocean. yes, yes. But no. in Swordfish, Swordfish, she has a newspaper, and then Hugh Jackman's character oh, walks up right. and she just puts there's yes. And it, that's right. It that's just right. it caught me by surprise. No, you're not expecting it. No, because really, this is Halle Berry. Yeah, and there it was. Yep. But she got an extra five hundred million. So five hundred million. I mean, for- five hundred thousand. Sorry. Either way, she got an extra five. So half a million. Half a million for so, ten yeah, seconds. Going topless in the movie. I'll go topless for half a mil. Sure. <laughs> would you? Yeah. Totally would. Totally uh, we would. we would do it for a couple thousand. Yeah. Far less. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's funny. So, do you but, have a favorite scene or a least favorite scene? Um, I don't need, I, I I don't know that I have a favorite scene. There's a handful of scenes that I thought sent was a real good uh, for foretelling 
of what was to come. Like right. the scene of them of, of Fred walking in the shadow right before this big shift in the movie and the scene where you see the two shadows on the wall. You don't see any people. Right. You just it's just a scene in the living room or whatever, the wall, and you just see two shadows going across it. And so in my head I'm thinking, Well that's Fred. That's Fred and the mystery man. Like it's the shadows that are going on there. Um as far as favorite scenes, I mean I don't really know. I really like the scene with with it had a lot of good moments. Little moments. Yeah. Um it was one of those movies where um there's a good handful of sex scenes in it. Um, only a handful of them are any real length of time. Right. Uh, but for the most part, like sometimes I feel like sex scenes are thrown into a movie just to have a sex scene in the movie. Yeah. Like it doesn't really propel the story. No, it doesn't move in any forward. way, shape, or form. But this one, you kind of, I didn't really feel that way with this because you almost realize it. That's kind of part of the point. You know? Yeah. The movie, the two halves of the movie are the stark contrast between the two characters. Yeah. You know, you got Fred's character who is insecure. He's inadequate in bed and doubtful, all these things and doubtful terrible, and paranoid. all this stuff. And then you have Pete who is sexually active. Women are attracted to confidence. Him. You know, confidence and all these things. He's living the dangerous life. Yeah. He's sleeping with the gangster boss's woman and like all this stuff. You yeah. Know? And so it, it is kind of almost served its purpose, you know what I mean? Right up until the last one, which uh, it was a little, I mean, whatever. Having sex in, in the headlights of a, during a sandstorm seems <laughs> kind of extreme in a way, yeah. but to each their own. I'm, I'm not going to say that if I ever found myself in that place. I, I don't know. I'm not going to judge right. that. But there's a car there. I'm just saying, yes. you get in a car, sandstorm out yeah. here. That seems abrasive to me, <laughs> given nudity. Like, yeah. I don't know if you'd really want but but anyway but the scene served a purpose yeah. because the end of that sex scene was uh pretty climactic uh for the movie because everything just kind of snaps back into place yeah. at that point all of a sudden uh bill pullman's character's back you know she's sleeping with pete pete is all over she's like you'll never have me yeah and she walks off and then when when he rises back up it's, it's bill, bill pullman, pullman in the in the headlights of the car yeah and then it's Bill Foley, and then Peace character is proof. Yeah. You don't see him again the rest of the movie. And so it's that kind of weird flipping stuff going on, but I well, mean I thought I thought as far as my favorite scenes, I thought the um mystery man scenes were pretty pretty good. Yeah, they are definitely good because he's creepy. Yeah. The the first party scene when he's in there, there's music all around, but when he comes over to Bill Pullman, everything goes yes, down. Yes, I noticed that too. And then when he leaves it goes back up As again. He's going up the steps and stuff. And uh, the creepy laugh, you know, over and the just phone. even the look in his eyes are real wide. He's very. He doesn't David. blink. Oh, he doesn't blink that's at all. It is. Yeah, he no, doesn't he blink. Doesn't. He sure and, doesn't. And uh, you're right. That, that was that was like very in his like you said his eyes are bright open. Yeah, but he doesn't blink during the whole scene. Well, that explains probably why they have like this glassy kind of. Yeah, you know, like probably just having to force me. Wow, that's going to be difficult. Yeah. Especially for the length of time that those scenes are going. And I even did like when wow. when, uh, when the mystery man's in the cabin near the end and he's he's like, uh, you know, I think uh, Fred says, uh, where is, uh, does he say, where is Alice? Or the other name? No, he says Alice. Okay, and, and the mystery man's like, there is no there is no Alice or something. Yeah, if, he, she told, if she told you her name is Alice, she was lying. Yeah. And then the way he too. says those lines. Yeah, he's he, probably one of the better characters yeah. in the movie, really. Even when he's walking 
toward uh, Fred at the end with the the camcorder. Yeah, he looks know? creepy as all. And 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 Fred's hell. running back to the car, and I was when I was watching it, I was like, I would be running too, even if he's yeah. walking with me near the end. Like he can't get the car started, which I didn't think they should add that part in there. But he couldn't get the car started. Yeah, yeah. The car had no problem a, a moment ago. No, right. When he you pulled know. in, yeah. he's been running yeah. the, the headlights on while you're... <laughs> Maybe the battery went dead. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but suddenly, yeah. But the mystery man was holding the camcorder, and he was walking, not fast, but he was walking, and he had his hand out. And I was I was even afraid. I was like, I jumped back a little bit. Yeah, no. I would be like, I would be running from this guy. No, he's definitely spooky. But creepy. although we learn um, and we've interpreted a little bit that he's actually not really a villain, he's not really a villain. He like uh, figment of uh, Bill Pullman's psyche. Yeah, but, like what was it? The uh, keeper of truths. Yeah, that we didn't have determined. Yeah, or kind of came, it was with the video camera. It's kind of what it was about because, as you mentioned earlier, Bill Pullman's character in the beginning tells the cops. Uh, I don't like video, or you know, well, she tells Chartetta he doesn't like, yeah, it. and he's because he doesn't. He wants to remember the way he wants to, yeah, not, not the, the way, way it happened. actually happened, and so which that shows because on the videotape is where it shows him with the body, yeah, and he doesn't remember anything, which happens not to be no. there's no record of the actual murder, other occurring. than other than that, but it makes you wonder too. So like, does that mean? It still begs the question almost, well, because the cops ask him if they own a video camera. Yeah. In the beginning, they're like, no, we don't, because he doesn't like them. So, but there's obvious video evidence of this, I'm guessing, because the cops watch it. Yep. You know, so we know that it's not some made up thing, made up figment of his imagination, because he gets arrested, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's implied based on that videotape. So, does that mean he was, does that mean he was recording himself? Well, see, I thought After of that, fact, too. You know, like, was that a home security been, or something? Yeah, right. Right. But then know? I thought, well, wait, if they had the home security inside, then wouldn't they have it outside so they could look back to see, you know, wouldn't you look back to see who's been coming in if you got it, security? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. You would think. But you, know, you would think, well, with the David Lynch movie, you never it's, know. Yeah, it's definitely David Lynch, though. So what yeah. about the score and the music? Uh no, I mean, it, it in the beginning, like I said, it, it's Nothing. practically non-existent, with the exception of moments, and it's used briefly to like emphasize, yeah, just to kind of build up, uh, you know, like thirty seconds to a minute kind of thing. Uh, and then the second half, I mean, I, 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 I didn't have any. You know, it had it had some some big songs in there. It had you know the Nine Inch Nails song, Perfect Drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounded like. A good chunk of Trent Reznor. Did he got some Trent Reznor in there? Yeah. You got some Marilyn Manson. Um, yeah, I say yeah. It sounded like some Manson. Some uh, Smashing Pumpkins. So it's got a lot of those kind of, uh, I guess, ninety alternative grunge. Yeah, you know, acts and stuff like that. But some of the other themes that we've heard throughout the the show a little bit. I mean, there's some good pieces of music there, but for me personally, it doesn't. It doesn't take me where I thought it should. It doesn't. It's not as good as the rest of the movie. No, I don't. I don't think it's bad, but I think the score could have been better. Yeah, I do too. It's not. It doesn't stand out all that much. No, it's well, and it's not like it's not like the soundtrack and the score to a movie. Right. Like pump up the volume. Right. You know, like last week. 
but I mean, again, it has its moments. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it doesn't present itself uh, as one of the characters. No. Like no, like you feel like a score and a soundtrack. Like should. Infinity Pool did, and yes, some of these others. Talk about the volume and a lot yeah. of stuff. Even movies like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, which is all old school songs. Yeah. But you know, the, the songs themselves become. You know, character Forrest Gump's kind yeah. of the same way yeah. with the soundtrack. Even Garden State, if you've watched that movie, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't feel that that way toward this movie. No, agreed. Um, originality, I'd say it's very original. I thought it was pretty original, you know, because I was thinking about that. I was watching, I was like, originality. I was like, this is pretty original for like a home intruder kind of movie. Yeah. But then it's not. It's not really a home intruder no. kind of movie. It's a mental. I mean, it, it's a movie that you psychological. You know. Movie. If you've never seen it, it's not a movie just to put on and, you know, go, you know, do chores while you're yeah, watching it. Absolutely if you really not. want to try to appreciate and enjoy the movie, and I say enjoy lightly because it's not like, I'm not in, I enjoy watching movies. Yeah. But I'm not going to, this is not like sitting down watching, you know, um, you know, Fast and the Furious Part 10. Mm -hmm. You know, no, no, the entertainment value in this movie lies in. Finding the symbolism almost yeah. in a way, like yeah. trying to piece together what's happening. And I would say, really, this movie is a movie for people that really that really enjoy the the subtext and the diving deep into movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just want to go watch, you know, you know the new Adam Sandler movie, you know, unless it's a serious one because he does some pretty good serious work. It's not your regular run of the mill. Yeah, you know, movie that you're gonna flip on. Oh, it's at this part. Let me just go ahead and watch it. No, if right. you've never seen it. No, no, you're sure, um, you're sure not. But it is original. Yeah, and and you probably, I don't know. Some people will turn it off unless you're really, again, if you're looking to really kind of That's, like you mentioned a movie earlier. that really makes you want to think about what's going on. But if you just want to veg out, not the movie, not have to think. Nah. And you're right. Fifteen minutes in, you'll cut it off. You'll cut it off if you're not. Yeah, easy, easy. Yeah. Um, because again, I may have too. Because I was just like, this is this just feels so old and low budget. And I was, oh my goodness, yeah, this just feels older than the nineties. Like we've done, we just did pump up the volume that came out in nineteen ninety was far more new and current feeling and everything than this that came out seven years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. think it would be better, but no, you know no. I mean? But it, it ended up being a good movie. I mean, I ended up enjoying it. Uh, by the end, me too. Again, the second half will suck you right in. If you can make it to that first part and just know if you watch it after listening to this, just just ride it out, stick it through, that, and then that first half, uh, look for all the symbolism, yeah, because it it comes back up in the second half. Even dialogue is almost verbatim. And I want to watch it again now, knowing some of the things that no, I didn't yeah, know it, before. Yeah, yeah. Now it's definitely one of those that if you want to like find the little things that filmmakers like to, you know. You just go. It's a. It's a one to apart, yeah. re revisit, rewatch. Yeah, sure. So, would you re recommend this one? You think? Um. Yeah. Again, I'd recommend it to somebody that, if again, like we just in the last little bit yeah. here, but you have to want to watch a movie and like like get into the movie. And really I think so. But uh, no, I mean it's definitely worth watching. It. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Make it through the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. You're, you'll be good to go. I think so too. 
So that was David Lynch's Lost Highway. Lost Highway, definitely an interesting. And we one. just scratched the surface, really. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking as we were going through. We're like thirty something minutes in. Yeah. I was like, man, we are like because we we rushed the last couple questions just to give you all a condensed yeah, version to, of the show to fit it into the time frame. Yeah. Because yeah, so, you could talk about this one. This could have been a two-hour show. It it could have been. So it could have been. But that's all right. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, we could revisit some uh, sometime down the line if we yeah, choose. Yeah, we very well may. Like uh, yeah. Well, next week totally we have the Jake Gyllenhaal movie Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. That's I'm a, looking forward to this one. Yeah. Have I you got, watched this one before? I have. And okay. again, just like with most of these movies, uh, fitting for the radio station. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Vault 92.5. Exactly. So uh, please check out the, um, the social medias, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, The Other People Show. In Dreams is now streaming. And like Casey said, um, Right now, May 5th, we're going to dive into um, Real Talk and then the other people's show on 92.5. Going to the radio, the airwaves. WLSD. Yes, WLSD. Looking forward to it. And are we still... (coughs) We had discussed the one movie uh, for that premiere show. Do we still want to do that one? I think we do. You (laughs) uh, want to dive into that one? To uh, Natural Born Killers? Yeah. So we uh, we have Nightcrawler next week. And then I think the week after the does that put us at the fifth? Let's see, next week is, that, is the is that correct calendar? Is that yeah, it must be yes. Yeah. So next week is the nineteenth, so we're coming up on four twenty and then so nightcrawler and then something and then the following week. So So we'll have two shows. Are we gonna are we gonna try to do two shows that one week? We have two show we totally could still do the Wednesday and then follow with Friday. Okay. Yeah, we might as well. So yeah, we got the Nightcrawler coming up, and then we'll uh, we'll do another film uh, on the third, and then the fifth would be our debut show on the radio on, yeah. on air, 10 p.m. 92.5. And maybe maybe between now and then, perhaps the third, because we've discussed some other podcasting possibilities options. for yeah. there. Maybe we try and segue. That's I a, don't know. That's how, a good you idea. Know what I mean, into what's coming up for that yeah that I think Wednesday I like that. show and then Fridays I like it I, I think that'll work pretty good yeah. I'm looking forward to it so next week night crawler and then we'll have to do we'll have to fill in the 26th right and then the 5th will be yep uh, natural born killers natural born killers that is gonna be exciting it's gonna be fun I'm so, stoked uh, about it everyone thanks for tuning in Casey yes enjoy good it show. as usual always and everybody uh, have a good night see you all next time bye bye